Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and guests. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode 107. Seven, Bill's decided. <laughs> uh, we, we're still deciding because we've got a, um, as we're recording this, we have one or two more episodes uh, that have mostly recorded that we're finishing off editing. Uh, I'm Paul Spain. I'm Nick McAvoy. And I'm Bill Bennett. Welcome along, guys. Hi, Paul. Thank you very much. Happy Hi. New Year. And uh, Nick, uh, great to have you here on the uh, on the NZ Tech podcast. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. I'm uh, fresh over from London. Um, I'm here on holiday. Uh, and I run a business called Newsflare. Uh, do you want me to tell you? Yeah, give us a little bit of a rundown on, uh, on New- Newsflare. Newsflare is a platform for user-generated video content. We offer a service for people to upload their newsworthy video and we also offer a service for news organisations to buy that video. It's essentially ascribing value to a video where currently videos go up onto YouTube and news organisations rip them straight from there. There is value to those videos and so we are providing that value to the end user. Right, so if I would look out my window here as happened some years ago, well actually I wasn't here at the time, uh, but there were was to be a um, a helicopter and a plane uh, crash outside my window, uh, as I think happened uh, over the Spaghetti Junction, um, oh, maybe ten ten or or so years back, um, and I was videoing that. Then, so in a traditional situation, I might drop that video up somewhere, and or well, maybe a, a less gruesome event actually. That was, a, that was a pretty horrible one. If you happen to be in Coatesville um, when uh, Kim.com got raided. It, it is a good example, yeah. though. Be, but but be, that's the sort of thing that, that media would pick up on and it would be everywhere very quickly. It, it, it would. It right. would, absolutely. And that's where news organisations currently um, are not there to see it, whereas lots of people now are with um, the popularity of smartphones. Well, everyone, just about everyone's got a camera now, right? A video camera, uh, which is, I mean... Not, not, not something that uh, there's really been any any uh, uh, platforms to to cater to that, other than YouTube. And as you say, the news organisation will take what they find and uh, and just rebroadcast it. Is, are there any sort of legal issues around broadcasters doing that? Are they within their rights to take anything that's on YouTube and and to um, rebroadcast are. it? They are within their rights. Yes, yes. So we so we also offer um, people that hold digital rights management, mm. which um, they don't need to know about. We take care of it, and um, we provide you know. Uh, so money you do to you do all of the sort of any sort of negotiation if, if uh, you know if that something they've uploaded becomes of interest to a broadcaster, you manage that whole process. Yeah, that, that's correct. Yeah, we're the guys that uh, understand the value of clips, uh, understand the time sensitivity of passing that clip on. Um, we're the pros, and we're you know we're independent. Uh, we are unbiased, and we don't editorialize our content. Hmm. That's, that's a really, um, uh, you know, a really fascinating concept, and and uh, you know, I think you know, right at right at the forefront of of I guess this sort of, you know, um, you know, move to citizen type uh, type journalism, quite certainly quite different than the CNN approach, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which is just you give us your stuff on what do they call it? I, I report. I yeah. report. Yeah. And uh, and uh, thanks very much. We'll uh, we'll we'll broadcast it. Thanks for doing. Uh, yeah, for doing us a service. I think I think one of the things is is, is um, you've got to be thinking about what you're doing when you do it. Obviously, 
But is it is it worth consciously looking for news, Nick? Some people are finding so, yes. So yeah. we have what we call a pro proposition on our website where we get journalists, we get freelancers who regularly upload videos to us and news organisations post assignments on our website telling users what kind of news they're looking for. And our freelancers go out there and record video and sell videos. Competition for me. <laughs> this, interesting. Th- th- this is interesting. And so basically we have, a, uh, we have an army of journalists out there um, covering news that is too breaking, too local or too remote uh, for news organisations. Mm. So um, it's still a, a, you know, a pretty new business, I guess, still in the startup phase, would you say? Still in the startup phase. Yeah. We, we launched in April 2012. Uh, we got our first round of investment in October, mm. so just a few months back, and uh, th- that's been fantastic for us. It's enabled us to grow our team to nine people. Uh, we're based in London, um, and we're just growing our technology platform. Uh, and really making this business work. So mm. we're at and a really the, exciting stage. Are you the sole Kiwi involved? Or uh, is there two Kiwis. Two? Uh, Bevan Thomas is, uh, is, is the founder and uh, he is a Kiwi. Excellent. Uh, yes. Good, yeah. good. Oh, that's really cool. Well, we're going to uh, follow what you do and we'll be interested in, um, you know, in, in that progress. So we, we hope we'll be able to, um, you know, have you or, or maybe Bevan on um, again at some stage in the, in the future. Uh, but thanks for joining us. Let's, uh, let's jump into uh, to some of the news and, uh, and, and topics going on. Now, uh, something w- w- which I guess happens on a reasonably regular uh, basis is... We heard uh, we heard on Monday that uh, price of um, access to the Southern Cross cable, which is what provides all our all our internet connectivity here, or international internet connectivity here in New Zealand, uh, those prices have dropped by about uh, you know twenty percent on a wholesale type basis. Now this isn't big news, is it, uh, Bill? Because you know this has been happening for yeah. for years, and uh, you know on the flip side, uh, you know. Users are tending to uh, use more than twenty percent, or or grow their usage of the internet more than twenty percent on a on an annual basis. So internet providers are saying, "Well, that's all very well, but it doesn't actually keep up with the uh, le- level of growth that we've got." Yeah, I, I saw some of the whinging, <laughs> um, some of the high profile whinging about that. Look, the, the both sides have a point about this. Um, thing is, is it's one of those things. It's going to come down by that kind of amount. You know, most years, perhaps not every year. Um, there's a, there's a tendency to think because we're here in New Zealand, we get a particularly raw deal. We don't get a fabulous deal, but it's not it's not that bad. We pay what Australians pay, and um, and Australia has you know a number of pipes in and out, so it's not that dreadful. Um, and the truth is, somewhere between the um, the happy happy of the press release from Southern Cross and the um, you know, it's not really quite enough from the likes of Orcon. Um, the truth is somewhere between the two. Yeah, yeah, and and, and as you say, we, we we get we get a reasonable deal, and and in the last twelve months, you know, we've seen uh, data caps cap, data <laughs> <laughs> data caps uh, dramatically, exactly, you know, yeah. increase certainly, uh, you know, from telecom and, and a number of others, and we've gone back to ha- having some unlimited types of plans and so on. I finally reached a point where I don't use my data cap every month. Mm. Yeah, that could be to do with one of my daughters moving out, but I think it's got more to do with the fact that it's actually been increasing quite substantially year on year, and it's gone past the point where I can easily exhaust it. Mm, mm. 
Well, I, yeah, and I'm I'm uh, mostly staying. I mean, I'm on a hundred gig cap now. I think with yeah, I think, uh, I'm, I think I'm on 120 uh, with, now, with yeah. Vodafone, and uh, and that's okay. But you can pay a little bit more and, and double that. Nick, what's it uh, you know what's it like in the UK? What sort of a connection do you uh, do you get where where you live? Are you, where are you based in London? I'm in London Bridge, um, and to be honest, the internet is actually terrible there. Um, Speed-wise, I, I get about 250 um, kilobytes a second, oh. which it, it's appalling. Yeah. On my phone, however, um, everything's <laughs> unlimited. On my phone, however, that's where I get my best internet. Who are you with for your mobile? Uh, three. Okay. Um, and so I've got unlimited on my mobile. And so if I want to watch Sky from my mobile, I can stream anything. It's just unlimited. And do you tether, do you tether that and, and tend to use that in, instead of anything else? So we, we had an outage at work. This is a good example. And uh, five people in the office. And everyone was using my tethered iPhone for internet for a few days. And it was perfectly acceptable. With speeds of up to 1.2 megabytes a second. Mm. That that blew me away. That's very impressive. Yeah, I upset just about everyone whenever I say this. But I would much rather have unlimited mobile data than unlimited um, fiber or, or, broad, or you know um, cable data. But that's just me. I think I, I prefer it. To be, I, wireless is so much better. Well, I th- yeah, I think there's, um, you know, there there is, a, a, I guess, that much higher cost, certainly in a market like yeah. New Zealand anyway, being able to deliver that, uh, you know, that those unlimited types of plans. And, I mean, it seems to be, certainly in, in, in international markets like the US and the UK, we're seeing less and less of those types of uh, uh, you know, plans being being available. Although it was interesting, um, you know, being in in the US for CES last week, uh, I was able to jump on a um, uh, a T-Mobile um, or T-Mobile as they call it, mobile, not mobile, <laughs> um, on one of the one of their plans that was sort of semi unlimited. That give you you know four G, uh, two hundred megs a day, and then it would you know slip down to a, a, a slower speed. So I, you know, I guess it's not really unlimited, but for I think it was. Uh, maybe around 70 US a month, uh, they would give you unlimited uh, mobile data, unlimited uh, national calls and, and SMS uh, messages, which at those 4G type speeds uh, could be a, a pretty big chunk of data. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right, well, uh, yeah. Uh, what sort of price, Nick, for, for that unlimited type of uh, data on your mobile in, it, in the UK? It's £25 a month, so that's $50, $50 oh, yeah. a month. And it's with 5,000 minutes, 5,000 texts, unlimited data. Okay, it's, it's just be quiet now. Yeah, that's, okay. that, that's enough. We're, we're going to go and look for our passports. <laughs> uh, I need to get a new British passport. Um, folks, this is the first announcement that we'll be launching the uh, UK Tech Podcast. <laughs> um, now, there's been, there's been uh, some, in, in other news, there's been some reports that um, demand has been low for, um, for the iPhone Five and um, so that that Apple's cut its component orders, but we've seen uh, we've also seen uh, so there's an, I think um, there was Wall Street Journal that was reporting that, but uh, another online media source, um, Boy Genius Report, I think we're uh, we're saying that's not the case. So uh, I I don't know, but it's interesting to see that Apple's uh, Apple share prices yeah. has, has hit a new low, have gone under uh, five hundred. Uh, US dollars, whereas you know, going back to um, well, yeah, last say, year, it was up in the seven hundred dollar direction at one point. Yeah, I was going to say, Paul, the, the investors certainly believe the report. Um, th- the thing is, is that the growth of the iPhone has been so prolific, so fast, 
um, that you know you, you can't go on growing at those rates forever and um, suddenly they've actually got some real competition in the market as well so it's not that surprising um, it's kind of surprising that people aren't are surprised if you see what I mean yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway I guess we'll, yeah, we'll watch that and see what happens yeah. with our market share figures over the next little while but uh, you know there, there's certainly I think more competition in the mobile space than, yeah. the, than there ever has been uh, you know before but we you know we're clearly seeing um, you know the strength of of Apple and and of Samsung you know continuing to uh, uh, you know to to dominate and of course there's been the reports as well in the last you know week or two uh, of Apple potentially coming in with a lower lower yeah. end low cost uh, uh, iPhone to uh, maybe you know mop up some of those uh, well that's uh, going to help sa- sales of the five isn't it <laughs> <laughs> well potentially it picks them up you know some of those sales which have been going to okay. Android type devices and you know Apple can make a low cost device you know we look look at the uh, you know the iPod um, Touch. Uh, you know, you can get an iPod Touch with a Retina, um, you know, display for two hundred and you know something dollars. There's not that much difference between that uh, and uh, you know uh, and what could be a low end iPhone. Yeah. So they could do something at a reasonably similar price point if they chose to do so. I think the other thing is is that until perhaps a year ago, the gap between Apple and everyone was quite large, and that's really reduced. That noticeably reduced during two thousand and twelve. And when the iPhone 5 came along, well, it just wasn't as wow as previous iPhones. Do you feel that? I feel that. I, th- I think it's, re- I mean, it's it's something where the, where the iPhone has, um, you know, has traditionally dominated so, so strongly. And, uh, I mean, once, you know, there's that whole innovation curve. And yeah. we look at most of the products... There isn't necessarily a whole lot of, you know, new stuff that can be done. And Apple have made some, you know, they've made some decisions around, well, we want a phone that, uh, you know, you don't hold in two hands and need, you know, yeah. need two hands to get around and so on. That, that's a that's a sort of a choice that they've made. So in some ways they've, you know, they've limited what they're offering to the market. Whereas we look at Samsung and they're saying, well, you know, we will meet... Uh, any potential demand so we're going to have a device with a with a massive screen we're going to have something with a small screen we're going to have something with an in-between screen we're going to have something with a stylus something without anything uh, you want we've got it yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's so you know it's quite a different approach and and i guess we you know we look back and apple have traditionally not had a huge you know variety of products they've kept it to a uh, a reasonably small number and you know, certainly over the last few years, that's worked out reasonably well for them. And yeah, you know, even uh, even now with the iPhone, you know, five, there aren't a lot of variations in the different no. markets internationally. You know, the phone you buy in Australia and New Zealand is the same as one that you'll buy in uh, you know in various other markets. Um, so, uh, I mean, but Apple um, Apple is getting eaten alive in market share uh, terms, and between particularly in Europe, I hear. Well, I think once you, once you, went, because they dominated so strongly, yeah. we, I mean, where else could they go other than other than down? Yeah. Too. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, now CES. We come to CES, and um, must say it was a bit of a fun week um, in in Las Vegas uh, as as it was last year. Um, lots and lots and lots and lots of things going on in every single direction. Uh, lots of events. Um, uh, 
massive raft of products some of some of which were on the uh, uh, on the pretty disappointing end uh, some of which were just me too products uh, you know there were there were I don't know there must have been probably I don't know thousands of different iPhone cases there um, <laughs> and certainly at CES when it comes to accessories iPhone still um, you know still dominates but we're seeing I saw a lot more accessories starting to come through um, you know for for instance the, the Galaxy S3 and, and, the, and the Galaxy uh, Note uh, but yeah I mean one haul that was you know um, majority of what it was was cases for phones and tablets and uh, you know holders and, and, and so on the boring uh, haul well, the thing is that at any place that you you go around CES, you would stumble across yeah. things when you when you ask a, a, you know some questions. I came across the the Griffin stand, and you know Griffin makes yeah. some little mm-hmm. cases and things, you know, for for the iPhone. And then there, there I saw these little um, helicopters and and um, and and cars. And uh, you know, we we used to the um, um, uh, what are the the um, the copter things you control yeah, with your ones, um, yeah. uh, with your phone, um, which name I've forgotten. Uh, but these were sort of starting at around you know fifty US dollars, and you could control them with your phone. So a completely different price point uh, for things that you would you could control with your uh, uh, with your phone. And there, yeah, there were a bunch of other things. They had some quite cool uh, waterproof uh, cases for you know for your iPhone and. And so on. So I mean, some of these things have been around for a while, but you would you would duck in and 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 see you know various bits and pieces that you know first looks just like, oh just another you know stand with 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 some accessories, but everyone had some sort of unique uh, you know take in a, in a lot of cases. Did they have booth babes? Well, <laughs> the, the the traditional sort of booth babes, which I th- I think uh, have been uh, so frowned upon uh, um, in in recent years, which was the gorgeous, scantily clad girls. Um, not too many. There was one um, uh, one stand that uh, um, I went past a couple of times, and uh, there were was it four girls that were in body paint, just sort of. Uh, dancing away on sort of pedestals and with lots and lots of blokes just staring at them. Um, Do you remember that, what company that was? I can't remember <laughs> what it was. But, it, you know, it was just sort of hilarious to see because it just stood out yeah. so much as being at odds with what everyone yeah. else was doing. So there, there, there was a little bit of that. Uh, there were there were the various, uh, you know, celebs that, that turn up every year, some of them associated, uh, you know, w- with a brand such yeah. as... Um, um, Exhibit who was you know with the monster cable and uh, the monster cable guys and you know a, a bunch of others like that that turned up to do their sort of celebrity endorsements. Bill and, Clinton. Uh, yeah, and yeah. then there's the names like that that, yeah. that turn up to uh, you know to, to to speak at the the various keynotes and, and events. Yeah. So it's I mean it, it's certainly an event that because it attracts so many people and and apparently this was the biggest year yet over one hundred and fifty thousand uh, attendees and bear in mind those are all industry attendees because yeah. it's not open to the public. Um, yeah, it's 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 still got a really strong uh, draw. It seems to have more and more of a media draw as well. So that every year more and more media are coming and of course media. Uh, you know, as, as we um, you know talked about with with what you're doing, that you know the, the, the what the media is, uh, 
is changing so there, there are a lot of bloggers and podcasters and you know and all sorts and you you don't know you know who one person is from the next i uh, i did an interview with um uh, one of the executives from uh, from toyota and uh while i was waiting for him there was you know somebody standing in front of me with this little pocket recorder which i use which is a um you know i've got a couple of these different things but this was the 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 lower end cheap one it's about you know 100 us dollars but it's convenient because it's it's so small and fits into my pocket and the person in front was using the same ones like oh just you know some random podcaster uh, but it was a guy from you know BBC who who had come over to uh, you know to, uh, to to record the content. So you know there were sort of really all 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 levels, and uh, yeah, of course TV the guys from TV Three were there, and um, you know I did a couple of interviews with with them. So yeah, all sorts, and um, uh, you know I I think there was a discussion last year of CES about to you know dry up and disappear. Is it, is it going to shut down? And, and my thought was no, this is. This is still going to be a really relevant event, and people say, "Well, with Microsoft leaving, that's going to, you know, negatively impact it." Not at all. It was, uh, you know, I think it was as big as ever. I think it's always debatable every year how much innovation there is, yeah. uh, and I guess it, it depends on on how well it's covered. And you know, there there are so many things that I don't think any one. Uh, media outlet can catch everything and there are probably some really good things that the um, you know the 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 people that have uh, uh, are selling the products haven't known how to make a good noise about it so you you actually just don't hear about them I think also there's a there's every every few years there's a year when the industry kind of collectively catches its breath um, whilst what's happened um, you know while, while people catch up with what's happened almost and I got the impression from reading... I mean, I was reading reports over here, and I, was, I very much got the impression that was the case. And I know this... I mean, again, I know some people will disagree with me, but when you see that the big things that were going on at CES with television sets, that's when you know that we're in one of those kind of catch-up breath paint, you know, Paul's breath phases. Well, in some ways, but remember, it used to be called the Consumer Electronics Show, and it was all about sort of TVs and, and talking to, uh, you know, some of the brands there that... Their, their focus around all their products was to was to show off their TVs. Yeah. The interesting thing was that all the 3D TV stuff had, had mostly sort Gone. of disappeared. Yeah. So last year, were you know a number of vendors that were showing, you know, showed me their 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 uh, glasses free 3D TV. Look, you don't need any 3D glasses to look at this. Yes, it's going to be in the you know in the market uh, this year. And you know, of course, those, those products actually never never eventuated. Uh, you know, three D is now just a, a standard feature of a TV or or a projector that it can do that. Uh, you know, if you if you happen to want to uh, push three D content uh, through it, but it, it's not the big focus. And of course, the focus was on the the new high definition displays, the 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 four K or ultra HD uh, TVs, and 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 a little bit of eight K. Which, of course, is what we will need ultra fast broadband for or well, ultra ultra fast yeah, broadband. yeah 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 no i mean we did we the uh the i guess this to me fills in a little bit of the 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 picture on on some of the reasons on why we need fiber into our homes yeah. and 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 into business because if we're going to stream you know these higher this higher definition type content which ultimately you know everything will be in that format yeah. uh we're gonna we're gonna need that nick from your perspective with with um um, you know the content that you're receiving. What what sort of quality is it traditionally in, and uh, what are broadcasters looking for at the moment? And are you getting any word from them on on interest in high definitions? 
With the quality the the uh, broadcasters um, get at the moment, they get most from oh, so we get most from iPhones, right? Um, uh, and that is perfectly okay. To be honest, it's more about the the content. So if it's something especially newsworthy, we get professionally shot footage, and of course that's um, is more likely to sell. But basically, if there's a protest or a riot. Um, it's more just being there. It's seeing it, seeing the person on the ground um, capturing that. Mm. Uh, well, I guess we've we've seen that content in the past that comes off YouTube that's in lower definition. Now, of course, you know modern smartphones can shoot high definition anyway, and even a lot of the content we see at the moment isn't even in in full. That's you know, right. High it, definition. It, it's it? it's changing drastically, and uh, you know as we're going to fiber and as the networks are going four um, G. Um, it's enabling us to um, consume and also produce much higher quality um, footage, which is fantastic. Um, uh, the idea of um, everything going through fibre, I think, is fantastic, just through one consolidated pipe, rather than having all these different streams from all sorts of different locations, just having um, fibre is the way, I reckon. Mm, mm. Well, it's good to see it coming here, and uh, mm. hopefully, uh, you know, you'll, you'll get it in London at your home at... <laughs> At, at some stage, you won't be too far I, behind I, I um, uh, those of us uh, in New Zealand who were, uh, were able to get our hands on it. Uh, now, so back at CES, uh, I guess there, you know there are a few things that, you know, as we talked about, sort of stood out in one way or another. Uh, sometimes uh, they stood out because they were just comical, which um, the Happy Fork was was one of those. And I don't know if you guys had, saw any of the media on this. I but saw it in the uh, guide to the worst things at CES. Yeah, so a lot of, a lot of people talked about it because it, it just you know just seems so ridiculous and um we we will cover this in or the um in one of the podcast episodes before this actually so i won't go into too much detail but um the idea is that it uh, uh this electronic fork encourages you to eat slower and uh therefore um apparently will help you lose weight it's a passive aggressive fork yeah, something like that. <laughs> Eat greens. <laughs> well, hey, maybe that's version two or version three. It has a look at what's on the fork and, um, yeah, uh, flicks it off if it doesn't like it. Uh, but autonomous cars were, um, were were coming to the, um, you know, the four. And I guess, in, you know, in the past we've, we've seen uh, um, and heard a lot about, you know, what Google's doing in that space yeah. uh, for, for um, you know, for capturing their Street View content. And we saw um, uh, Toyota, uh, Lexus, um, and also uh, Audi, uh, you know, showing off uh, some uh, some of that technology well, at, at, you know, at CES. You know, we have autonomous aeroplanes, so surely autonomous cars must be easier. It must be easier to deal with two dimensions than three. Oh, I think it's the other way around because in in the air everything's sort of mapped out and a space is available get from A to B and nobody's going to interfere and come into your airspace to, to you know mo- in most regards it's yeah. all very clearly mapped out but I think with the road you know a cat runs out in front of the road a okay. child does uh, you know you've got to read traffic lights and, and, and so on so there were sort of two aspects um, to it and, and, and again if that, that there, you know we've covered that in a, in a separate podcast but um, yeah I think um, yeah, great to see this, this technology oh, yeah. ad, ad, advancing um, what do you guys think is this something that is of vast 
value and benefit to um, well, to us, or or is it just going to uh, you know make us uh, lazy? Is it is no, it going to stop a lot of accidents? Right, I'm like g- no, I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. Last week we were driving around Nelson and we had a hire car which could park itself, but one of those new Fords that's got parking, and we never switched it on because <laughs> it takes all the fun out of it. So I, I suspect that there's going to be a lot of people that would love autonomous cars, but you know, really, I'd prefer a manual. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, if you're using an autonomous car, wouldn't you? You know, it's kind of, you know, you're one one step towards, um, yeah, a bus or a train. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I think its use will be in safety. I think that's where its real, sorry, where its real benefit will be. Um, we will just have fewer accidents. Um, I think that's fantastic, and it will give people the control they want when they get a car, rather than go public transport. Yeah, look for for round Auckland, it's brilliant. If you want to drive across country, I think I want to drive across country. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how, that's how I feel about it. Um, but I'm sure there's a market for it. And I think it's a, and I think it's a good thing. I think you're right. It's um, it's about safety. It's going to mean hopefully less people get killed on the roads. Mm. Can't be bad. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm. I'm interested in the sort of the longer term view of it. You know, like when 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 you jump on a on a seven four seven, and you know it's a long distance from one place to another, and you get to have a well, try and have a nap or you know yeah. watch a movie or something. Um, yeah, but that sort of you know where you've got those sort of longer distances. Uh, I you know I, I I can see some opportunity there, but certainly the way the car companies are talk talking. Uh, is is more uh, you know foc- seems to be focused around those safety aspects. It's certainly uh, you know at at this stage, but I think if we look f- further yeah. out, uh, you know some of, some of the things from uh, uh, futuristic movies will um, well you know, I, will become I a bit of a reality in my head of the Jetsons when someone jumps into a cartoon taxi with a robot driving it. So, yeah, know. the robot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that kind of looks cool. And yeah. I saw some somebody <laughs> tweeting um, during CS saying, "You know, we're all the flying cars that we were. Yeah. You know that 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 we were promised in the sci-fi magazines uh, yeah, in years gone by and so on. But um, you know, they've got big wings yeah. on them and they're ugly, and no one wants to drive yeah. um, drive them. So." Um, now, in terms of smartphones, the um, the one that sort of stood out to me from um, from CES, and there, there were there were a bunch from different vendors, uh, was the um, Sony Xperia um, Z or Xperia Z, uh, which I guess the thing the things were you know, hey, hey, it's Sony, we don't really expect yeah. uh, anything too good from uh, you know too you know cutting edge from Sony in terms of smartphones we haven't seen that that much of, of late 5 inch screen you know what I think about 5 inch screen do you remember how American cars got ridiculously big in the 60s and then they started having tail fins and so on it's just a matter of months before someone comes out with a smartphone with a tail fin <laughs> <laughs> I, l- I like the big screens, um, but the interesting thing about the five-inch screen on the on the Xperia Z is it's it's full HD resolution. So it's the resolution of your of uh, you know the the sixty-inch plasma we're looking at. Um, and that's ne- brilliant isn't ne- it? next door. It's yeah, uh, it's, a, it's an incredible uh, level of detail, which you know I think is pretty cool. And, and when you're sitting in the back of your autonomous car, you can watch a movie on it. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> 
and it's got the 13 megapixel camera so you can take stunning photos or maybe some good footage to um um, to, 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 to uh, upload uh, to, to Newsflare yeah, for uh, Nick to flog off for you. So, uh, um, yeah, whilst you're in your autonomous uh, vehicle. Um, yeah. Uh, and oh, the other thing that it had, and, and last year we uh, we interviewed um, some of the guys that, would, that were able to, um, you were able to send them your smartphone or, or your gadget, and um, they would put this, um, uh, you know, coating on the device that that meant it was sort of semi-waterproof now that technology seems to have advanced forward over the last year and so there were you know that uh, there were quite a number of companies showing off some of those technologies uh, but as far as i'm aware this is sort of the first mainstream um, device that actually is built uh, with that uh, capability from the get-go so uh, you're able to actually take that uh, you know take the xperia and um, you know put it under under I think a, a, up to a meter of uh, of of water. I remember someone and, telling and it still me still operates. I was remember someone telling me that the third most common smartphone accident is dropping it down the lavatory. <laughs> so, so it only needs to be a few in, a few inches deep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so um, in theory, this will this will handle that. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. That and a few bacterial wet wipes yeah, or something yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah worth, worth the look up anyway if, um, so uh, yeah as far as uh, Android handsets it uh, looks like a bit of a standout yeah. um, what else was there um, Lenovo had a couple of cool um, uh, devices their uh, Horizon which uh, basically um, is a big 27 inch uh, touchscreen machine that yeah. can that can operate as a sort of a table uh, top device and uh, they've had these gadgets you could use with it and it was really designed for um, you know they're referring to it as communal computing it's like that um, Microsoft table surface table this, thing, yeah isn't it yeah, but it's at. I guess it's coming in at a price point where people can can afford it, and you know we're in that position now. We, you know, a lot of people have sort of all of the gadgets. Yeah. What else is there? So this is, I guess, trying to create a new category that's affordable. Oh, I've got a tablet. I've got a you know yeah. a, an iPhone or a, a, you know a smartphone. I've got this that. What shall I get next? And this becomes one of those sort of uh, you know devices that I imagine uh, you know they'll sell a few. I actually I actually saw some um, video footage of that. And I was I was surprised to be impressed by the. It actually looks like it could be really useful in meetings and things. Mm. Um, and um, you know I think there is, I think there's going to be a place for it, and it's a damn sight cheaper than Microsoft's Surface ta- Table as well. Mm. I think it's like about a tenth of the price. Um, but in a way, it's a bit like a big screen, isn't it? It's just like a well, uh, you know a big monitor that's smart. Yeah, that's good in computer, yeah. you know, yeah. capability built in. But some of the innovation was around you know some of the smart things. Yeah. So if you wanted to play air hockey on it, that there were actually the little um, uh, not the puck, but the the, the things that you uh, you hold to sort of. Yeah. Uh, that that were you know that it could sense were on the screen and you were using. I tried that actually and it was a bit disappointing to be fair, uh, but it, it had some promise. And these electronic dice, so you could you know they had Monopoly on it, and uh, you know you can you can throw the these ah. these dice that wirelessly and and you can knock the dice off the table and they roll across the floor. But it whichever way the dice lands up, it knows and it's able to uh, to act accordingly. Um, so you know those little extra bits that they had sort of added in to me sort of took it from oh yeah looks interesting to oh uh, you know I, I could see why uh, yeah that might be useful yeah there's, there is actually some good innovation coming out of Lenovo but it's um, it doesn't perhaps they don't perhaps get the publicity that some of the other companies do um, 
Maybe we should keep a closer eye on that company. We'll keep a little bit of a watch, yeah. Bill. Yeah. Uh, the Pebble Watch. Now, this I guess this was one that had been on um, uh, kick, Kickstarter and, and had a fair bit of attention. Uh, and and they got a bit more at uh, at, at CES because they had announced that um, you know the um, their initial run of um, of these smart watches uh, will be uh, will be shipping uh, late this month. Of interest to either of you, would you would you want a smart watch? I think with an e ink screen. In, I'm I'm fascinated by it because uh, I think they solve a problem the same way that tablets did laptops and that it's. It's instant on or on the Pebble Watch. It's on your wrist. It's so on it's all the, the time. It's on all the time. It's mm. convenience. What people will do with it, that's what's going to be really interesting. I see a place for it. Yeah, I'm fascinated because the thing with with e-ink is it, you don't have to use power to keep, yeah. you know, to keep um, an image on the screen. Um, and it's things like, I mean, the thing is, is what do you do most with your tablets and computers? I mean, one of the things I do with my smartphone, particularly when I'm not at home, is look for the weather forecast. You can put that on your watch. That's great. Hmm. So yeah, yeah. I, I think this is a, is a bit of a space to to watch. Um, it's you know, excuse the pun. Um, but the, anyway, we will. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that there, there is there is room for a bit of activity um, here. I, I mean, I'm not sure that that uh, the pebble is kind of the be all and end all, but it's good to see um, yeah. you know a little bit of activity in in a new area. I'm I'm I mean looking around the room. Um, you know, I'm not too old school wearing a watch. We're, we're all wearing one. Um, whether I need to wear one, I think in some ways, uh, you know. I deliberately, um, actually, I asked for an analog watch for Christmas. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, in some ways, a lot of people, you know, it's a watch is something that we've moved away from because what a watch does, you know, yeah. we've got a smartphone in our pocket to, to do the same thing. But if it, if it can do a little bit more, that could be useful. Yes. So, all right. Uh, and then... Um, one of the more unusual things at CES, and I didn't, um, I didn't end up making the the trek to the location where I could have a look at this, was a company called um, Tactus who were showing off um, what what um, when I read the first tweet about it, I thought this must be a joke. This isn't real. No, it's um, of concept of a um, of a tablet screen where the the buttons. Um, will rise up out of the screen and so go from a flat screen to there being uh, physical uh, elements now what I what I found out is the buttons are in particular yeah. places so it's really you know you have a keyboard that will will sort of appear out of the screen uh, but there's a potential for them to take that further well um, there, there's there's so, I read some technology in um, again in the new scientists we were talking about that earlier mm. and there's there's um, there's a very um, there's a movement towards emulating things like push and uh, friction and so on on screens uh, it's a bit like the haptic feedback you get on a on a phone now but taken to to, to um, a greater extent and they they reckon within a very short time perhaps a year or so you better get things like braille on a on a screen to actually emulate it so that it's not there it's actually it's it's virtual but yeah, there's yeah. forces coming off the screen that um, will give that feel to your fingers so that's what I was hoping this would be. Mm, mm. <laughs> well, I think this might be the beginning of yeah. you know of, of some new uh, some new things, and yeah, certainly. I mean, it sounded a, a bit um, uh, sci-fi to me when I first heard about it, 
and yeah i wasn't sure whether it was whether it was actually uh for real or not and then you know once obviously I, I i found found a little bit more detail i realized it was but it wasn't quite what i had i had dreamt that it that it could be but but uh, man i love it when there's it something time. a bit science fiction about yeah. these things yeah. yeah i think i think miniaturization of it um this obviously is in an, a kind of an early stage but miniaturization um, then it will solve a classic kind of usability issue with these smartphones yeah. where there is no user feedback. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there was a whole, as I think we mentioned earlier, a whole lot of sort of TV stuff at uh, at at, at CES. Um, you know, the the 4K, these high definition TVs. Um, you know, huge. Uh, Samsung, um, you know, took the chance of, of using uh, their uh, press event to uh, launch their new. Um, uh, 85 inch 4k tv and that was that was interesting to me because we had lg and uh and and sony uh previously announce it um locally and 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 elsewhere in the world as well uh their 84 inch uh tvs reasonably well ahead of ces you know a, 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 a you know um month or 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 two at least uh ahead of uh of CES, but uh, Samsung chose to use uh, CES to make the announcement. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, the, the two thoughts on that. It may have been that they were only just ready to show it off at CES, but it seems to be that CES is that event that sort of carries so much weight uh, that that some players will basically be holding up their products to uh, uh, you know to announce them at CES. So they've got to. Uh, you know, I guess do everything they can to sort of keep it quiet, so that they can have a whole bunch of stuff to uh, to announce at CES. And, and Samsung certainly had a, had, had a bunch of uh, you know interesting bits and pieces. I to, think they uh, had another share. agenda as well. I think it, I think um, this was Samsung's coming out as one of the world's top tech companies. You know, it's been building for a time. They they're there now. Well, they've really hit their yeah. stride, haven't they? Yeah, and, and they have. I mean, certainly. Um, you know they've been at this for a long time but it seems like that the um uh, their success in the last 12 months with with the uh, galaxy s3 the galaxy note the galaxy yeah. note 2 uh you know the galaxy uh tab products uh and and in the tv space as well uh has has just really propelled them right into the forefront are you seeing the same in in the uk nick i mean it just seems here in 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 new zealand that that you know everywhere we look at samsung uh you know in the us over the weekend you know looked around in, in the airport and it seemed like there were more uh you know galaxy s3s and 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 and, and note twos than uh, than iphones it's huge it's massive. It's the same. Um, so many advertisements in the big malls and the Westfield malls over there, mm-hmm. um, on the high street. It's huge, and they've got their own pop-up stores. Um, that they're really, really making a big impact. And I wonder about Samsung's relationship with CES going forward. Are mm-hmm. they going to do a, a breakaway, uh, like Microsoft did? Will they get too big for it? Do they need CES? Um, I think for now, I think this. See, the thing about Samsung is, is they're not like other tech companies. There's a few things that really distinguish them. Um, one of the things that I love about Samsung is that they're, as a company, it's a brave company. They 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 put some wacky stuff out, and you think, well, that's not going to fly, and it flies. You know that um, that huge camera we saw before Christmas was one of those things. The the, the Note Two, you look at the Note Two and you think, well, that's a bit brave, but it it sold, it sells. Yeah, the the Galaxy camera, that's the one. Um, 
Samsung's brave, they're innovative. Um, they didn't shy away from Apple in a fight over the legal stuff to do with the tablets. The, you know, I think what you're seeing is, I think you're seeing the rise of a technology superpower. Um, and, and I think CES was deliberately staged um, you know, by Samsung as being, I mean, I've actually heard from some people that Samsung owned the event. Uh, that's, you know, some feedback I've had from some friends that were there. Yeah, I mean, they, they were they were very very strong. And interestingly, I, I got talking to um, to two um, uh, two US staff of, of of Samsung as I was queuing for their um, uh, their press event, and their comment was that the uh, their press event has been doubling in size every year for I don't know how many yeah. years, at, at least two or, two or three years. And so it was a massive space that that they were in. Yet it was completely, you know, packed out. Yeah. And I, you know, I I queued for I don't know how long, maybe you know, half hour or or so, um, and and only just managed to make it in. And when I got in, all of the seats were gone, um, except there were a few people holding seats, and I managed to uh, sneak into uh, you know one of those in the front <laughs> row. Uh, but <laughs> you know, it, it was just it, it was amazing that you you know that. Um, uh, that that's just grown so so quickly, and uh, if, you know they keep doubling like that. Uh, I certain you know I, th- I think the the attention that they're getting um, is yeah it's, it's pretty phenomenal. But they are a cool brand now. Mm. Yeah, they are a cool brand. And I spoke to a friend. Well, well they weren't ten years ago. No, though, were they? no, not at all. I mean, it's been, but it's been building slowly. I mean, actually, that's not quite true. They the first time that I recognised them as a big brand was at the Sydney Olympics, which was two thousand. Right. Um, they were they were they had a presence there, but I, I was talking to a friend in um, Australia who's in the consumer electronics market there, and he says that he's had a peek at, you know, the old non-disclosure thing at the company's roadmap with some uh, consumer electronics products, and he said, I've seen like half a dozen companies roadmaps, and Samsung's the only one that thrills me, so. Um, I don't know what he's talking about, but there's obviously some good stuff coming too. Mm. Well, I think they're they're investing very heavily in um, in in research and development. Uh, one of the um, one of the execs that I that I spoke to at CS, I think was was mentioning you know something like nine billion dollars, uh, which you know there 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 aren't many companies that are well, able to spend. That sort of money, you've got to have a huge revenue to well, be throwing that and, into and, research and, and Samsung does. There's one other thing about Samsung in the smart. Apparently, in the smartphone business, Samsung's the other company, other than Apple, that makes a profit. The other companies, you know, they might make a profit, but it's not much. Samsung does make a profit, um, so and they know how to make a profit. That's the other thing about the company. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm impressed with Samsung. Mm. Well, I hope, um, yeah, I hope it doesn't come, uh, you know, lead to the demise of, you know, some of the other traditional bigger players that, uh, that, that, you know, they will, they will step up because, you know, we need to be, you yeah. know, we need to have an industry that's still full of, uh, you know, healthy competition. I'd like there to be more than three big players, for mm. sure. Mm. All right. Um, hey, there's, there's uh, probably a whole bunch more we could chat about uh, from CES, but we have covered that in some of the other podcasts and there's a lot of material online. Um, so um, some of those things we might develop and, and, and look at over uh, over future podcasts uh, coming up. Uh, also coming up next week, uh, we will be talking about um, uh, Kim.com's uh, launch of the new uh, Mega, I guess you could call it Mega Upload uh, version 2. Uh, there's going to be a number of, of uh, stages of that, and he's already 
already announced that uh, uh, the music side of the business and and, and uh, is is I think coming um, probably six months out. But the main uh, the main announcement is ha- happening at the uh, at the dot com mansion uh, this weekend. So we'll be uh, we'll be covering that up with with a podcast. And uh, you know I know there'll probably be plenty of uh, you know media attention around uh, what he's doing because he's certainly risen to a, a very high profile over the last uh, uh, well since this time last year when uh, um, uh, when his his uh, mansion was raided so uh, yeah, yeah it's gonna it's gonna be uh, an, an interesting uh, time just just to uh, to see exactly you know the, the details bef- behind uh, what they're launching and uh, uh, and and what the broader response is to it yeah, um, it's also an opportunity for people to go and take video and sell it to Nick. <laughs> <laughs> That's newsflare.com, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, are you telling me to take my video camera? What, what, what am I going to wear? It's a gentle hint. <laughs> well, you never know. There could be an FBI raid. <laughs> um, no, that, so, uh, yeah, but I think that sort of wrap, wraps it up for this week. Hey, uh, Nick, thank you very much for uh, for joining us. Great to hear about uh, Newsflare. And, uh, you know, I mean, there are so many Kiwis doing innovative uh, things in the technology sp- space, both, you know, here at home in New Zealand and, and, and spread out internationally. Uh, so, yeah, it's great to uh, great to hear a little bit about that. Thank you, Paul. Great to be here. Um, so, yeah, please keep in touch with the, with the future of that. And, uh, Bill, thank you for joining us uh, as always. You're welcome. Always appreciate your opinions. Now, um, we can find both of you uh, online. Now, Nick, it's uh, newsflare.com. Newsflare, that's F-L-A-R-E.com. Okay. And uh, you're on Twitter? I'm on Twitter as um, Chi Features. How do you spell that? C H I F E A T U R E S. Cool. <laughs> and uh, Bill, you're very easy to find online too. Bill Bennett NZ as Twitter. BillBennett.co.nz is the website. Excellent, excellent. Oh, thanks, guys. Um, you can also track me down online uh, on Twitter as just Paul Spain and uh, and blogging uh, via Geekzone, uh, which and uh, directly TechJungle.com. Uh, and of course, you can find uh, the NZ Tech Podcast online at NZTechPodcast.com. Uh, we're also on on Facebook and uh, and and Twitter uh, too, amongst others. So, uh, hey, thanks everyone for listening in. We will catch you on the next episode. See ya. <laughs>